say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the Chris Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Welcome in, everyone, on this Wednesday, on this game day. Q's Hokies tonight, Dome, 7 o'clock. We got you covered on the front and back end of that. We'll tell you about that as we roll along uh, this evening, this afternoon. Get into the game at uh, 3 o'clock with a guy who'll be uh, watching on TV tonight. If you partake in the game that way, Tom Wormy, Syracuse grad, class of 92, I do believe, will be joining us on the program in one hour's time. Uh, theme show today, we're only talking to people named Tom. So if you're out there named Tom and would like to call in, 315-437-7644. Sorry to all you non-Toms. Tom Casale Action Network will be with us at 3.30. See if he has any uh, leans on the game uh, tonight. He's uh, consistently abused by how terrible Georgetown is. So, you know, we'll, we'll take anyone on the show that's going to take a dump on Georgetown. Uh, see if he's got any early thoughts on college football for next year, postseason NFL thoughts. And uh, Tom is uh, really into the college basketball scene when it comes to the gambling numbers. So uh, always good to check in on Tom uh, with that, uh, whatever the day, whatever the week. So we will do that coming up today at 3.30. That is the plan of action for the program this afternoon. As mentioned, uh, Houston, Virginia Tech will be tipping off just past 7 o'clock in the Dome tonight. Looking forward to that. Axe will have the pregame coverage for you starting at 6. I'll be back here after the game with Devo with you for postgame coverage. That'll be at 9-ish. Your calls, Jim Boeheim's postgame press conference live, L-I-V-E live, right here on the air. Only place you can get it live. In living color on QSportsTalk.com as well. The pictures, they will be moving. All of that. Modern technology, I tell you. So we got that coming up for you tonight at 9-ish. And you don't have to wait much past 9. I mean, you should listen to the whole hour of the postgame. But uh, Jim has been prompt to the podium this season. No dilly-dally. So uh, we expect to get Jim uh, bright and early in the uh, the show here uh, this evening. That has been the case with uh, most of our uh, post-game uh, coverages uh, this year. So looking forward to all of that tonight. And Houston, Virginia Tech, man, this is a big game, it feels like, for both teams. Virginia Tech was cruising right along a few weeks ago. 11-1. and Pretty good. Defending ACC tournament champs, 11-1. and Playing well, looking good, getting ready for ACC play, and it's gone. Lost four in a row. Lost to BC in overtime before Christmas, and Hunter Couture, one of their big-time pieces, has been out the last three games with an elbow issue. Uh, the con- consensus seems to be that he's going to play tonight, but I don't know if that answer is actually known yet. From my understanding, Virginia Tech, uh, their shoot-around is at the Dome uh, now-ish. I believe it is in the range of now that they're at the Dome shooting it around. And, you know, we had Mike Burnup, the color analyst for the uh, radio broadcast, 
uh, for the Hokies on uh, yesterday, and he thought it was going to be a decision likely made at shoot-around today if Couture could get out there, and how did he look, how did it feel that uh, recently he's not been doing much as far as taking shots, and that is the thing he does best. A good perimeter defender, but he also is the best uh, both you know, percentage-wise, volume, however you want to measure it, three-point shooter uh, that the Hokies have on the roster. So uh, without him there, they've lost three in a row. They've lost four in a row, all told. He played in the game prior to that. So uh, his status tonight uh, officially is still up in the air. I think everyone, uh, certainly on Syracuse's side, is preparing as if he is going to play in the game. But if Couture cannot go tonight, that would be a significant loss, continued loss, for Virginia Tech. So this is a team here, the Hokies, 11-5. and five. Don't let that record fool you, though. Like, if Couture's back in there tonight, they may look a lot more like the 11-1 and one team than the 11-5 and five team. And again, five losses on the year. None of them, not a one, have been by more than five points. So, yeah, they've lost five games. But, man, they, they have not been shellacked the once. They have been right there in every game all season. And another player to keep an eye out tonight that uh, won't officially be on the scouting report and that hasn't done anything uh, thus far this season due to that he has not played college basketball yet in his life is uh, a young man by the name of Rodney Rice. Ankle injury preseason, he's been out, he's been out, and I think it's been stated this is not even um, speculation now. He's going to play in the game tonight, and they expect Virginia Tech to uh, to get him in the game early. We'll, We'll see how much he goes kind of shape he's in, but uh, don't be surprised if you're uh, watching on TV or in the Dome or listening on the radio, however you plan on consuming the game tonight, that after the first official timeout with the 16 or so minutes to go in the opening half, that when you come back from that timeout, uh, that this uh, guy named Rodney Rice will be on the floor. And Virginia Tech is not exactly, you know, a bastion of top-notch recruiting over the years. It is not a McDonald's All-American factory. And Rice is not that, but he was the number 48 recruit in the country. Point guard type. Number 48 recruit, four-star recruit. In in context, in this past year of recruiting, Judah Mintz was 36. 36 to 48, I mean, it's not uh, the craziest gap of all time. So how ready is this guy going to be to contribute in his first collegiate game in the Dome where he's never played college basketball before? I don't know. But if I know us Syracuse basketball fans... We're prepared to freak out about it. But uh, he's just another another guy uh, in there tonight uh, that uh, could be an issue for the Orange and a guy that uh, literally uh, there, there's no film on. You don't know what he's going to do because he's never done any of it before at this level. So we'll see how that part of it goes. The series between these teams has become interesting of late. The Orange, they, they lost the first two games ever against Georgia Tech in, in like prehistoric times. Way, way, pre-Big East existing. So way, way, way back. Between 2000 and 2016, so that's some in the Big East, all of them in the Dome, and some in the ACC, the Orange won eight in a row against the Hokies from uh, 2000 to 2016. Since that point, a.k.a. um, Buzz Williams and Mike Young as head coach of the Hokies, Virginia Tech is 4-3 and against the Orange since that point. Last year, Blacksburg 
Castle Coliseum, the building with the very large fans on the ceiling. Virginia Tech won and won easily. 71-59, and it was a game like the Orange were just down. and That was it. Buddy had 21. JG3 had 16 in the game. Nobody else did much of anything. Virginia Tech kind of did what they do. They didn't hit a crazy amount of threes. Eight is not a wild number. They were 8 of 27 from uh, three. It's a team that is capable of doing well beyond that. And then uh, Justin Mutz, who is still there, had an epic game against the zone. Epic. Triple-double, 12 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. He was out-dueling the orange on the glass. Undersized for a, you know, a big. He's about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, but plays in the middle. But how Virginia Tech last year utilized him on offense, and considering that he had a triple-double, I would presume they shall plan the same this year. You know, a lot of the game, he was at the high post, kicking around in the free-throw line area. They got him the ball, and then they went to work. He'd kick it out, he'd kick it in, or he'd score, or if somebody missed, he got the rebound. Like, everything ran through him, and the Orange couldn't stop it. Which... Considering last year, like Syracuse's three-point defensive numbers last year, they're okay. This year's three-point defensive numbers have not been good. Now, if Mutz is operating in the same way, if Couture is back in healthy, like that combination is concerning for the Orange tonight. But definitely something we will have to keep an eye on uh, this evening. Where is Mutz on the floor? Like he's not the point guard. And Virginia Tech, you know, they want to get Couture back. They're happy to get Rice in. These are two guys that can help them bring the ball up the court. But uh, against the zone last year, Mutz was the guy that picked it apart. And we know we have seen the deficiencies of the zone and particularly the deficiencies of the zone in communication and rotation this year. And if you're having deficiencies in that area, that makes a guy at the high post that can pick you apart with his passing ability even like way more nerve-wrackingly dangerous than it is just in a normal scenario. Like go go back in the go back in the day when like Pitt was the one team that had you know really figured out how, how to I'd say play against the zone better better than most. You know back in those Jamie Dixon Pitt teams where they could get the ball to the free throw line. They they'd op, they'd get the ball like deep deep into the short corner, basically standing out of bounds. Like what are they going to do from back there? And then the the guy back there would you know pick you apart with his passing. And that was against good zone teams. The orange zone this year has been a little raggedy. So if you get a guy like Mutz getting the ball at the free throw line with options, like the way to stop that is with communication and rotation. Say so the only way to stop that is with communication and rotation. Or just praying he misses open 15-footers. But it's basically with, with communication and rotation, because if you're not on top of that, you're going to give up wide-open threes, and failing that, you're going to give up wide-open layups or dunks. And a, a guy like Mutz took advantage of that last year against a much larger and much more veteran Orange defense, so we'll see how the Orange handle it this year. I, you know, Obviously, Jim Beheim at Syracuse knows that's coming. Like That's not a surprise. Uh, but we shall see how that goes. I think it's a good Virginia Tech team. But one that's been struggling now since Christmas. I don't think they're a great team. Or to the point now, I don't think the league has a great team. We, we told you last night about, uh, all right, if you're going to watch a game last night, the game to watch is uh, Carolina and Virginia. The game ended up being close. I, I don't want to say it was a good game. That was 
Maybe a good game for Virginia. Virginia's good games are not necessarily pleasing on the eyeballs. But, you know, it's kind of back and forth. Virginia was down. It's a, a another game with injuries, and who, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Armando Baycott re-injured the ankle uh, last night, and he'd been playing phenomenally for the last few weeks now for Carolina. They say all the x-rays today came back negative, negative being good, but they, they have no idea how long he might be out. The ankle, I guess, is still uh, quite swollen. Uh, so the presumptive preseason you know, player of the year in the league now is out for a while, but that was a nice win for Virginia. Carolina kind of hung around, hung around in the second half, and uh, Virginia slammed the door on him in the last couple minutes. It was a very Virginia game. Like that game was played in the style of Virginia, as most are that they are involved in. So I, I, I think Virginia at the moment is establishing themselves at the top of the league, I guess. But uh, and we'll ask Tom Wormy this. You know, he, he calls ACC basketball games year in and year out. What, what does he think of the league? I, I feel I've been asking people this for weeks and weeks now because it's just a, it's a mystery. Who's good? And who's good on a level that's going to matter in March? If we had the same conversation at this point last year, we would not have answered North Carolina, and they played for the national championship. So uh, the book is not written as of yet, but you know we're sitting here right now looking around the league, saying, "You want to win the title? You want to win the who wants to who wants to win a national championship? Like the big one with the trophy and the ladders and the nets and the whole thing. One shining moment. Jim Nance's last one. Somebody needs to get his tie." I don't know if anybody in the ACC right now can reasonably raise their hand as part of that group. And, you know, that's uh, that's where we're at on that. But uh, we shall see. The, the other news regarding the Orange, and we'll get into this a little bit more later in the show, uh, sounds like Benny Williams should be good to go to give it uh, a run for the Orange uh, tonight. Uh, Jerry was on Orange Nation an mm, hour and a half or so ago. We'll listen back to a little of that as we get deeper in the program today. Uh, but Jerry said that Benny practiced yesterday and expects him to play uh, tonight. So we'll see, uh, you know, where's Benny at? He was obviously sick uh, with some kind of stomach bug or something like that. On uh, Saturday, did not play. Here we are on Wednesday. How How's he feeling? Uh, the, the Benny experience has been um, a roller coaster without a buckle anyway. So now uh, coming back off illness, uh, how, how's he going to do tonight? Because we know the Orange, when they don't have all hands on deck, it has not been a great scene for the most part this year. So we'll see if Benny can plug back in and plug into one of the Benny games. Because uh, the game prior to Saturday against Louisville, Benny, uh, I imagine, was in uh, perfectly fine health and also might as well not have been in attendance as he was not, say, for literally being in the building on Saturday at Virginia. So we shall see. Also, Syracuse's first home game here in 2023. Last uh, Dome game was back on New Year's Eve afternoon. Uh, the win against Boston College. Where Benny? Benny had his best half of the season, probably, in the second half against Boston College. And Joe Girard had a huge game. So back off the road. That's something I want to ask uh, Tom Casale, uh, you know, on the betting side of things, and it also applies to the playing side of things. You're, you're kind of looking for the same result. Uh, what's he noticing about, and Syracuse falls in this category tonight. You're looking at major conferences here. Nobody's, the, the separation is lacking at the top end. So what does that do in this scenario? The Orange are slight underdogs tonight in this ballgame. Home underdogs in league. How has that scenario been playing out this season? You're a home underdog in the league. Is that really a bad thing? 
home court advantage in these leagues without a dominant team. Where where is that kind of playing? And and the, you know, I'm interested to get Tom's take on the uh, the gambling side of it because you know he'll he'll know numbers or have an idea of numbers on it, and that will tell the tale of what's actually happening. So uh, we shall we shall see on that. But uh, all good stuff coming up. We'll talk to Tom Casale, Action Network at three thirty. Tom Wormy calling the game on your television tonight, regionally up and down the ACC footprint, aka the S yes Network, here in Syracuse. That is a public service announcement brought to you by absolutely nobody. With that, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit of uh, Jerry from Orange Nation earlier today, his thoughts on the Hokies, his thoughts on Benny. We'll get into a little uh, comparison between the guy that didn't play last game and the guy that did, Benny versus Malik. We'll look into the Orange power forwards as well as we roll through this hour, and uh, we'll get more into this game tonight as uh, we continue toward a tip time of 7 o'clock in the Dome later on this evening. With that, we step aside for a few back after this. Much more in the 315 as we roll along. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Alright. Hoops tonight. Dome. Cuse. Hokies. 7 o'clock. X pregame 6. Postgame. Me and Devo afterwards. At 9-ish. Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW postgame show. It's the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota pregame show. Pick your Burdicks. We will uh, be here from tip to tail tonight talking about the Orange and the Hokies. Looking forward to this one. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, back in the day, back in the Big East, hey, it's Syracuse and Virginia Tech. You know who's looking forward to that one? No one. Mm, no one. Like, the, it's what? They're what? We like we like them for the football. The football's what they, they play the basketball, too. Like, Virginia Tech wasn't even trying back then. You know, Seth Greenberg got there. They got a little better. They they landed on the bubble. I think it was 78 years in a row they were on the bubble. Uh, somehow they were on the bubble 78 straight seasons, but it was only over a four-year span. I, I don't know how they pulled it off, and that's why Seth is employed by ESPN right now. That's how that works, uh, where he does a lovely job. But, uh, you know, and then they, they backslid a little bit. Then Buzz Williams got there. He's sweated through the entirety of Blacksburg, but they won a lot of games. And Buzz went off to College Station, where he's currently at A&M, where they every now and again forget to bring their jerseys to the games, even though Buzz has two shirts. And now here comes Mike Young. How do you replace it? Re- replace Buzz? Like, There's nobody quite like Buzz for 8 million different reasons. But they went and got Mike Young. Personality, not the same, but he was at Wofford, which is not far away. He had won a lot of games at Wofford. He'd done very, very well. At Wofford. Had tournament success at Wofford. So they bring him in. He brought a lot of his players with him. They've kind of cycled through all of that now. Couture is the only guy left that even has a connection uh, to Wofford and that he had been committed to go there. But they are out of all the guys that transferred and followed uh, Young to Virginia Tech. So, you know, okay, now he's got it going. But now Virginia Tech, they're legit in the mix. They won the ACC tournament last year. Virginia Tech basketball. This is, like not, this is not a thing this program has ever been known for. So good, good on them. And now we get this game here. Syracuse and Virginia Tech, okay. Now we've gone back and forth. Last seven games, VT4, SU3. Now we got a little bit of something. Uh, A little bit of something to look forward to 
uh, with these games tonight. So uh, looking forward to this one tonight. You know, you look at the spread right now. You're saying it's between you know two, two and a half, three, three and a half, depending on you know where you're uh, browsing these things. It's been kind of in that that range, so it's expected to be close tonight in the dome. And I don't really see any reason it won't. Like it was a 12 point game last year, but it, again, must win games. Eh. But Virginia Tech sitting here losing four in a row. They aren't sitting here coming off that Virginia loss. You know, you got to get these while the getting's good right now if you're the Orange. It, it feels like, okay, if Virginia Tech's desperate because they've lost four in a row, well, the Orange should be pretty desperate too. Maybe not four in a row desperate, but okay, you got to take, take care of business again. Games you can win at home. Here's one tonight. But uh, let's hear a little bit uh, from one uh, Jerry McNamara we can uh, hear from about what he thinks about the game tonight. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the random wheel. All right, we, we've landed on Jerry. We've landed on Jerry. Here, here's Jerry on the idea of Virginia Tech and you know where they're at, and especially on where they're at if they get Hunter Couture back tonight. We are fully aware of what this team is capable of. This is the defending ACC tournament champion. Um, that's how capable they are. Um, you have to factor in that three of their last four, they played without Hunter Couture, who's kind of the glue piece to what they do, can handle it. He's probably their best perimeter defender. We all know how well he shoots it from the perimeter. He was the MVP of that tournament. So when you play three games, lose by single, you know, a single possession without arguably your best player, um, they're still really competitive, but I anticipate, you know, I, I, I don't know because he hasn't played the last three games, but I anticipate uh, Couture probably being back for us and uh, at full strength. And when they're at full strength, they're as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. And they're up there. They don't really have any noteworthy wins this year. If you're looking for like major, major wins, you know, at the time back beginning of December, they beat North Carolina. That felt like it was a significant win. Um, by the numbers right now, it really isn't. Now, again, you know, judge it as you will, beating Carolina for Virginia Tech in Castle is a big program win, but it's not standing out numbers. You know, why is they beat Oklahoma State out of league? Uh, their non-conference loss uh, was to the College of Charleston. Charleston's very good. Uh, Charleston, I, I believe they're ranked right now, so like that's not a, a bad loss. That was just by two. And now, now last four games, they were sitting at 11-1. They've lost by five. That was in overtime at B.C., uh, lost to Wake, Clemson, and NC State. Uh, the last three after that by two, three, and most recently to the Pack by four. But the idea of Couture is interesting because when you get him in there, it, it's their best shooter. You know, I went and looked. Like in your mind, especially if you watched the ACC tournament last year, I had in my mind that Hunter Couture has hit like a ton of threes, specifically against Syracuse. And you go back and look at the games, and he's hit a fair amount. But he hasn't gone crazy. He had so many threes in winning the ACC tournament last year that I thought like at least some of them must have been against Syracuse sometime. I watched him hit so many threes against North Carolina in that tournament game that I'm like, well, he must have done it against the Orange. And he hasn't really. He's been fine, but he hasn't been uh, wild. And then uh, Mutz has been the guy that's been off the charts good and certainly had the triple-double against the Orange down in Castle last year albeit a, a triple-double aided by having floor stretchers like Couture out there. So we'll kind of see how that all that all goes together here tonight. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays. But again, uh, Syracuse expecting uh, Benny Williams to be in there. We'll, we'll hear a little bit more from Jerry on Benny when we come back and uh, get into the idea 
of the Orange Power Forward situation. So Benny was a no-go last game. Roll with Bowl, John Bowl and Jock started the game, played four minutes to start the game, then played no more minutes to finish the game. Malik Brown played all of those minutes. All right, say Benny's back tonight. Malik played well. Minutes distribution? How's it going to go? Could the starting lineup change? Hmm. I doubt it, but could it? Or perhaps more importantly, should it? I don't know. We'll explore when we come back on this Hour of the 3015, brought to you as always by Billy Whitaker. Cars and trucks down a power forward rabbit hole on the other side. It's QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Roll along here on a Wednesday in the Q. This is a game day. We've had a lot of Tuesday game days. Today is Wednesday, and they are also allowed to play basketball on Wednesdays. <laughs> Look at that. 7 o'clock tip tonight inside the Dome. 7 o'clock tip tonight inside the Dome for the Orange and the Hokies. Tom Wormy will be calling the game on your television. Uh, you got to find it on your television. It's a game tonight. Uh, I can tell you where it's at on the radio, TK99. That's just uh, down the hall and around the corner or at 99.5 on the dial, whichever one you have easier access to. On TV, uh, the game will be televised regionally tonight. Well, what in the heck does that mean? I ask in this area where, you know, the ACC network exists, and this is not on that. I think we should all get John Swafford's personal phone number to call him whenever these situations arrive to inquire what channel the game is on. Uh, The game is televised regionally up and down the ACC footprint. If you are somewhere in the southeast, it's on your Bally, whatever the hell it's called, sports channel. Uh, Here in Syracuse, the game will be on Yes Network. Do you have Yes Network? I haven't the slightest damn clue. I can tell you that, yes, you do have ACC Network and all of the ESPN things. If you got one ESPN, you got them all. I'm uh, certain of that. Um, do you have the S Network? I don't know. Because uh, in this era of cord cutting and whatnot, like if uh, you've got the cable still you and you live here, you got it. And if you have acquired your television by other means on the Internet, mm-hmm. maybe you do, maybe you don't. So I'm advising you right now to just stop what you're doing. You're in the middle of your work day. I will keep working. I will talk to you. I'll tell you what to do. Uh, what you're doing, uh, less important than figuring out if you're going to be able to watch the game tonight. Uh, you gotta, you got to find out if you're not a cable person, if you're a streaming person. And if you're a streaming person, good news, you can find out while you're sitting at your desk at work or whatever you're doing or on your phone. Uh, find out if you've got the Yes Network tonight. And if not, commence making alternate plans now. Because it, it's, got, it's the worst feeling when you get to 7 o'clock or even worse still if you know you were doing stuff. Ah, oh, I got it. Yeah. The laundry, the dishwasher. I got to, yeah, forgot the mail in the mailbox. Oh my God. Where's the game? Turn on the TV. Flip, 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 flip. Ah! So you, you want to know if you got it now? I can, I can mostly promise you this, I think, probably, most likely, that unlike uh, the last couple of Syracuse basketball games, which were among the ESPN family of networks, and uh, started in different places than they were promised to be at before the start of the game, which can cause you a little uh, heart palpitation trying to figure out what in the hell is going on. Uh, this game is going to be where it is said to be. The question is, do you have it? So go figure that out. It'll save you a lot of stress later. 
You just uh, take a break at work and go figure out what you're doing later. Anyway, what we're doing later is going to be watching the game and talking about the game. And I want to get back to a little bit of uh, Jerry. So Benny missed the last game. And uh, here is Jerry, and we're expecting him to play tonight, but uh, here is Jerry on the status of one Benny Williams. I do, yeah. He practiced yesterday, had a pretty productive practice, actually, and uh, really the last two days. So um, fully anticipate Benny being ready to go. was, I think, battling a little bit of a stomach bug and um, had been battling it a few days leading into the Virginia game. So... Uh, it seems to be back on the mend, uh, you know, fighting the dehydration aspect of those those type of illnesses. But, um, yeah, I, I would expect him to be ready to go tonight. All right, so uh, Jerry has Benny uh, participating in the basketball game this evening. So that is good news uh, for the Orange. But Benny did not play last game. Malik Brown did play 36 minutes last game, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 36 minutes, coming off the bench in place of then-starter John Bolajak, which – led to some thinking, which led to this. Once again, Brian goes down a rabbit hole. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. This time, I'll just go into the bushes over there, make a lot of noise, and flush out a rabbit. Hello? Hello? It's me, Miss Rabbit. Hi! Curiosity often leads to trouble. Oh, 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 oh. Goodbye, Dinah. Goodbye. All right, so down the rabbit hole we go. And this is kind of a thinking out loud rabbit hole. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but I can bank it up with some stats if it were to. Now, Malik Brown did not start last game. Uh, Jim said, you know, he didn't think freshman, first career start, kind of near home. He's from Virginia in Charlottesville. Didn't think it was uh, the best of ideas. But then uh, once Malik came in the game, he did not leave and played very well uh, for the Orange in the loss at Virginia last Saturday. Jim Beheim also is not a guy to oft make uh, non-injury or, in this case, illness-related changes to the starting lineup. And yet... If Jim were to decide to, oh, well, maybe Benny can't start tonight. Maybe he's not quite all the way back. We want to we want to ease him back in. Do I think this is going to happen? No, I, I don't think this is what we're uh, in for tonight. But if he wanted to play it that well, you know, he's uh, he's not quite 100%. You know, he's really under the weather over the week. We don't, eh, we, hmm, we've got to work him in and see, what, see how he's doing. And you can start Malik, and yeah, we just want to check it out. Maybe you could uh, use these numbers as uh, a way to lean into it. So you know, Malik, the ten points, eight rebounds, thirty-six minutes last game. Well, the full numbers on the season: Benny Williams is averaging eight points a game and four point seven rebounds a game. Malik Brown is averaging four point three points a game and 3.8 rebounds a game. So, you know, you look at the numbers. Benny's numbers are more than Malik's numbers. We've done some math on that. I can tell you that Benny's numbers, 8 is a larger number than 4.3. 4.7, a larger number uh, than 3.8. 
Uh, but also, 27.3, that's how many minutes a game Benny is playing, is a much larger number than Malik Brown's 13.9 minutes per game. Now, in the NBA, what they often do is they do... You've got your averages, but the way they kind of try to equalize it so you can have a, a list that's a more you know, one-to-one comparison between players in the league and this and that and the other thing is they put out your per 36-minute averages in the NBA. Uh, what I have done, deep inside the rabbit hole, with a calculator, an abacus, and a slide rule, a protractor, and I believe I used a ruler, is uh, we have devised not their per 36-minute average, but, you know, it's college basketball. The game is not as long. Um, so, I'll, and, you know, how long do these guys play? <laughs> Uh, we came up with their per 30-minute averages. Benny Williams, per 30 minutes, is averaging 8.8 points a game, 5.2 rebounds a game. Malik Brown, per 30 minutes, is averaging 9.2 points per game and 8.2 rebounds per game. Well, 9.2 is more than 8.8, and 8.2 is more than 5.2. Huh. Fun with numbers. Funny how that works out. So, again, I am not saying this is what is going to happen tonight. This is based on zero information whatsoever, which is the best way to base anything at all. But, if, for some reason, if you were Jim Beheim and you wanted to start Malik Brown going forward, but you wanted to soft sell it in a way that you were not, oh, we're not benching Benny. He's not, you know, he's sick. He's not all the way back yet. He can't, he's not going to be able to play 40 minutes tonight or whatever. Like, if you wanted to go that route, and we're having an inkling that playing Malik might be, maybe, the better way to go, even though that would uh, get you a lot of freshmen on the court at once. Uh, those, uh, you know, per whatever, I mean, the per whatever minutes, the so pick per 30, 32, whatever, uh, the per whatever minutes are going to work out uh, better for Malik right now than they are for Benny. Uh, and that's where we're at right now. Like, should Malik be starting over Benny? I don't know. Does Jim Beheim very often change the starting lineups during the year? No, he does not. Do I think this is actually going to happen tonight? No. But if you want to make the argument that it should or could happen tonight, there you go. Statistically, at least in those two numbers, I get it. There's more than the numbers, and there's more than those two numbers. But at least statistically in those two numbers, Malik is having a better statistical season than Benny, which says a lot about a lot. Because we know that when Benny plays well, last home game of the Dome, 16 points, 11 rebounds against Boston College, did most of his damage close at halftime, orange down early, pulled away steadily in the second half, a lot of that because of what Benny did after halftime. The orange play well, and they win. Consistency has not been there. Like when Benny's putting up double-digit scoring points and is attacking the glass, the Orange win the game more often than not. The Orange win. They play well and they win. But when they don't, and this turned into a win, but, you know, by the skin of their teeth against Louisville, or, you know, Benny wasn't there at all this last game, and uh, the Orange lost. You know, we see what happens. We see what happens. So we'll see if one way or another – more Malik Brown, because he, he's playing in a way that shows that, you know, he belongs out there. He belongs out there. And we'll see how that translates tonight. The other side of the coin is we, we told you how Virginia Tech and Justin Mutz can rip apart your defense uh, from the inside out. You need 
you need a zone that knows what they're doing. And okay, who's who's more apt to know that uh, tonight? Therein lies the question: Is it the freshman, or is it the sophomore that we've kind of ridden the roller coaster with for the last season and a half? With that, we will uh, take a break. Much more to come when we come back. Our second hour filled with Tom's is coming up at three with. Wormy and Caselli at 3 and 3.30 respectively. Your calls can be next at 315-437-7644. Back after this, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. And this hour brought to you by William Matar. If you're hurt in a car, call William Matar at 444-4444. 